1: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. The NBA Playoffs.
2: Behind the back dribble, puts up a three against Vincent, and he thrills it. Tatum gives the Celtics their largest lead.
0: We're down 3-0. We ain't put too much pressure on ourselves. we got to try to take it one game at a time. We wasn't thinking about winning four in a row tonight. we just trying to save our season and win a night, and we did that.
1: Continuing coverage of the NBA Playoffs on Canty and Carlin
3: Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott sitting in for the guys on this Thursday afternoon. Candy and Carlin is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. Celtics are trying to make something more tonight, trying to extend the Eastern Conference Finals to a Game 6. They are down currently 3-1. to one. But they're back in Boston. That game tipping off 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. The Celtics climbing out of this hole. Slowly but surely, they cannot go about it. As Jason Tatum says, thinking about winning four games in a row. They have to go about it game by game. And they will be doing it, Randy Scott, against a Heat team that is without Gabe Vincent. Now, I know that you believe this is a series, it's going to end up going seven. I'm on the other side of that. I think that Jimmy Butler goes into playoff Jimmy mode, that you get that dominant 35, 40-point performance from the alpha for the Miami Heat, and they close this thing out and start getting ready for Denver. But it's tough when you look at this Boston Celtics team. When we were talking with Tim Bontemps, who's on the call tonight, uh, covering that game for ESPN.com, about which version of the Celtics you're gonna get? Is it gonna be the one where you have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown combining for twenty six points the way they did in game three? Or is it going to be the Jason Tatum that scores thirty three on his own in forty two minutes, along with eleven rebounds, the way that he did to keep this game the series alive in game four?
2: I I think we're gonna get the the more consistent Jason Tatum. It is maddening though as you look at the Celtics and you look at what they've built in this young core with the Jalen's, you know, and and Jalen and and Jason, that they can disappear and be not just, um, you know, I had a a professor once who said, you know, you may not always bring something to the table, but don't actively take something off the table once you get there. You know what I mean? Like you may not have your best stuff, but once you're at the table, don't ruin it for everybody else. And that's what Jalen and Jason are still capable of doing. 25 and 26, they're entering their primes. They do have room to improve, which is scary for the rest of the Eastern Conference. But we're we're still seeing the growing pains at this point of the season, and at this point, you know, certainly of the of the postseason coming from a team and from players who played in the NBA Finals a year ago. So I don't feel confident in answering that. I do think we will get the more consistent Jason Tatum, and I think that is a foundation for a Celtics win. I'm on record as saying this series is going seven games. But I don't trust Jalen Brown. He's been the more consistent disappearing act in these playoffs. So you need a Derek White. It sounds like Malcolm Brogdon is less than 100%. You need a Derek White. You need a Marcus Smart. And, and banking on Marcus Smart to be a consistent offensive contributor has just not been a reliable strategy or a winning one for Boston in these playoffs.
3: And Marcus Smart feels like the alpha of this team that's it, it, weird for me to say because okay. you're right. He has not been the most consistent player. You have your flashes in the pan with him and then other moments where he completely disappears and you're wondering, hey, why is he not playing in these stretches? And I, I just don't see that same thing from Jason Tatum. And may, maybe you disagree with me. Maybe he is the alpha of this team. The way I look at this is that you have a player in Jimmy Butler on the other side of this matchup who can take over at a moment's notice. If he need, if you need a bucket, you're going to Jimmy Butler. They've done it. They've been able to overcome the odds with the injuries and being an eight seed and everything else that we've discussed ad nauseum about why this Heat team is successful and why they're not your typical eight seed going against a two seed. But I don't know if you have that same thing in, in Jason Tatum because... The way I look at it, he this is his team, but he's not the alpha on his team. Do you think that that can both be true in th- that same sentence?
2: I think I think you're asking potentially for two different things, two different players. It's ideal if you can have them both, and I think the Heat do. They have the instant scoring that you need. The go-to guy for a bucket when you have to either stop a run from the other team or when you're down one late, down two late, whatever it is. They have that in Jimmy Butler, and they have the alpha in Jimmy Butler. What the Celtics have is they have the bucket. That's Jason Tatum. They have that guy. If you want swagger and attitude and rah-rah, and in this series, and honestly in the Sixers series too, a player coach, somebody who has said, I mean, in Marcus Smart's words, sometimes we have to pick up Joe Missoula. Because he's learning on the fly just like we are. Like they don't have to a man, they don't have as much faith in this head coach as they did in Ime Udoka last year. And so Marcus Smart is the player coach. He is the one. Um it was uh, Abby Chin at, at NBC Sports Boston who said who's standing there watching one of the late game huddles in game four for the Celtics that said Joe Mazzula called a timeout, which as the Heat made a run in the fourth quarter, which is in itself you know, an accomplishment and an achievement. An anomaly. For, for, an anomaly for, for uh, Joe Mazzulla. But then it was Marcus Smart who led the timeout. So, to, again, roundabout way to answer your question, the Celtics have, in two different people, two different roles. The guy, if you need a bucket, it's Jason Tatum. If you want an alpha leader, it's Marcus Smart.
3: Marcus Smart may have saved Joe Mazzulla's job from, from those very moments. And I don't know if this was a question going into Game 3. I think if you ask most people around that organization, despite the fact that at that point the team was in an 0-2 hole, you're probably looking at somebody who's coming back next year because he did get the extension in season, and then all the questions would have subsided. But what happened in Game 3 opened up a completely different part of Pandora's box that had not been considered yet. Because of how embarrassing that was, you had to question. Will Joe Missoula be the head coach here much longer? Will Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown be back together for the next season if they were to get swept? But they did end up avoiding the sweep, and now we have a Game Five that's going to Boston. And, and some are going to ask, will the momentum shift now with the pressure being on Boston still, or the pressure going to Boston? I still think it's on the Miami Heat. I think that if you're a Heat team, no team, as we know, the stat has been, you know. Iterated a lot recently. No team has ever come back from being down in an 03 hole. To win a conference finals and go to the NBA finals. So if the Heat end up becoming the first team to do that, despite all of the circumstances, you could probably make a case of, well, they're without Gabe Vincent. So where's that 18 points, their game, 17 and a half a game? Like, where are they going to get that if he can't go in game right. six? If this ends up going back to Miami? Well, their backcourt's thin. Well, this, that, and the other thing and all the excuses. The fact is, you got up 3 0. Now you're up 3-1. to one. If this thing goes to 3-2, the pressure only intensifies further because, to me, it's already on the Miami Heat, and it's not getting off the Miami Heat anytime soon.
2: Couldn't agree more. Pressure is entirely on the Miami Heat tonight and forever, uh, however long uh, this series goes. Uh, Gabe Vincent, the fact that, <laughs> you know, I, you have to give Miami their flowers. I mean, the the fact that Gabe Vincent is so thoroughly relied upon by these Heat Shows you how they are wringing this sponge dry with regard to maximizing their talent or lack thereof. You know, they came into this series at a talent disparity and uh, a deficiency c- compared to the Celtics. I mean, that's what happens when you have an eight seed and you have a two seed. Okay. Boston was more talented, but Miami had the advantage at head coach, the advantage at consistency from their superstar, Jimmy Butler, because there have been few valleys with him in this series, certainly compared to the craters that Jason Tatum has, has left out there at, at, at certain times. So, I mean, it, I I think the, 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 pressure is entirely on Miami's side, but Miami also has a killer instinct. Boston, I mean, through the regular season, Boston would have trouble closing out inferior teams, just closing out games, period. Miami doesn't have that issue. When, when they, when there's blood in the water, Miami will close you out. What Boston did was run away and hide in the fourth quarter of game four. And I, I don't feel confident that, they're gonna have that opportunity tonight. I think it's gonna be a closer game, but I think Boston wins.
3: I do I I don't think that. I think Miami wins, but I do what you were saying about the pressure and their inability to close out teams, that's not just a regular season problem that they've had. That's yeah. you know, they had the closeout game, the first potential to do it against the Atlanta Hawks when the stars were with a star, one of their stars was not playing. Like that's been a consistent theme for them throughout this entire year playing down to the level of competition. And I don't want to discredit anything Miami has done. They have absolutely been the better team in this series. The Celtics on paper, more talented here. But I think that the old habits die hard. And that's one that they're going to have a really hard time getting over. They are at home. Conveniently enough, they seem to play better on the road. Sometimes that doesn't make a whole ton of sense. So if they can get this thing back down to Miami – Maybe Boston has a chance to even the series out and maybe even take this thing, if it goes seven, to win it and then go back to the NBA Finals for a second straight year. As a reminder, we've got that game on our airwaves coming up here in just under three hours. Game five of the NBA Eastern Conference Finals, Celtics hosting the Heat. Presented by Indeed, coverage begins here, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on most ESPN radio stations and on SiriusXM, Channel 80.
4: Kyrie is like the missing piece of that triangle with AD and LeBron. It's nothing for the
1: Los Angeles Lakers to go and say, we need to make a big splash so we're not in this position again. So let us go get a Kyrie Irving. I think that there's something about these two potentially that would be unique. If you could keep AD, Kyrie, and Braun together, we really don't think they can fill out the rest of that roster. It's not as if they could not be one of the upper echelon teams in the West if you have those three guys.
3: Canny and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. You've got Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott with you on this Thursday afternoon. We've got Kyrie Irving again on Instagram spouting off about what fans should not be doing, which is apparently commenting, Randy, on his free agency situation <laughs> or what's going to happen in the off season. The Los Angeles Lakers, a team that he knows well, a team that he has been frequenting recently, As of, you know, two nights ago at the Western Conference Finals when he was sitting courtside uh, to watch LeBron James, his former teammate with the Cleveland Cavaliers, unable to close out that game in the final moments, the Los Angeles Lakers end up getting swept. And now the speculation begins, not just about whether LeBron's coming back next year. I think we're both kind of in agreement that he will, but will Kyrie Irving End up with the Los Angeles Lakers. He says he's not talking about free agency, but I feel like this is the natural part of the offseason where the conversation goes with a player who was rumored to have gone who have wanted to go there last year.
2: Are we? I thought we were going to play the Kyrie sound. That's on me. Let no, no
3: let, let let's hit the sound. I want I want to react to this because Kyrie Irving, who again free agent, remember, the Dallas Mavericks ended up trading for him, and they got about like seventeen good games out of him. They missed the postseason. Right. Uh, Here, let's let's hear this. Kyrie Irving had this message to anybody who's commenting on whatever team, especially Los Angeles Lakers, <laughs> that he might be trying to join especially. this off season.
4: I just wanted to clear some things up. Like, I'm a free agent this summer, but I am in no rush to make a decision. Uh, the speculation around my name from all these individuals that get on TV and have these personalities, you know, these platforms. And then I'm talking about the TV personalities, the, the sports folk that try to mix sports with politics and lifestyle. Like, when they speak on my name and, and, and they're talking about potential teams that I'm going to, can y'all please I respectfully, like, I'm asking please stop paying attention to that. Like, I am in no rush to make a decision. Stop mentioning me on Twitter. All y'all fan bases, stop mentioning me right now, please. It is still the Western Conference and Eastern Conference finals. Like, or excuse me, Denver's going to the finals. You know, we're still waiting for Boston and Miami. Can y'all please leave me this? Please, can I just be with my family in peace? Y'all got people at my dinner table discussing what my free agency plans are. Stop that, y'all think it's funny. Please stop that. Uh, Like I actually like having peace of mind when I'm at the crib. Right? Like I I see all y'all ads. I I see all y'all mentions. Okay, I said it. I see all y'all stuff y'all be saying. I see all 'all y'all memos. I get it. I get it. I'm just as excited as y'all are. But you gotta chill though.
3: Okay. A couple things here. (laughs) Kyrie Irving, you're not going to stop anybody on TV from talking about where you might be going in free agency. It's called content. Look it up. Mm -hmm. The second part of it, easy solution here. Get off social media if you're that pressed about anybody talking about your free agent destination. You want this. You invite this. You want to be the person that's sought after. This is only doing you more service towards what your next contract could be because even if there is an interest, which there certainly appears to be, this is drumming it up more and more and more to where you could potentially go next year. I have no issue with anybody commenting on it like we are right here on ESPN Radio.
2: Well, we're the, we're the sports folks, we're the sports voices that he's talking about. Like he, you know, he's annoyed like a fox. Courtney, because he's drumming up interest in his own free agency here by telling people to leave him alone. Like you can't, you can, uh, you cannot in the same sentence say, I like peace of mind when I'm at the crib and then say, I see your ads and I'm on Twitter. You, those two things don't work when you have his level of fame, his level of celebrity, his level of following. You know how you don't see your ads don't go on Twitter.
3: That's what I don't understand.
2: You say you're excited about your own free agency. Can you imagine? What about the fans? What about the fans who have stayed with you, ride,d you know, rode with you as you went through your up and you went through your sabbatical? You played 16 games a couple seasons ago. Like, like you said, like he played. He was a Dallas Maverick in pay, in like largely in paycheck more than he was in performance because he missed so much time. Like, if you're excited about your free agency, imagine how excited your fans are. So you don't want to see your ads. Don't go on Twitter. You don't want to talk about it at your dinner table in your own house, then don't. I understand why people do because it affects you. It affects your family. But this, this to me reeks of, oh my gosh! I wish people would tell me I'm stuff so I'm uh, you, stop telling me I'm so good looking. I'm more than just a pretty face. Like it's the people who are trying to draw attention to their own circumstances. Either it's a monetarily, you know, monetary thing, like trying to get more interest, more, I don't know, teams involved. Yeah, it, it reminds me of when Drew Rosenhaus called Willie uh Willis McGahee on the night of the draft when he fell in the first round. He called his client, and he said, Hey, just pretend like I'm a team calling you. We're gonna drum up interest this way. Like he literally called Willis McGahee to make it look like McGahee was talking to another team, and that spurred Buffalo to move up and take him.
3: And I I don't have an issue with anybody addressing their own free agency situation, but to tell fans how to fan, which is basically saying don't don't make me not- don't don't make me mm. notable don't make my notoriety expand, which is just kind of ridiculous when you think about it because you know the reason you are as rich and famous as you are on top of being a very good basketball player is because of the your persona outside of basketball like he's a larger than life character and I don't think that it's an issue here what I do think is an issue is that we all have made it a foregone conclusion that he's going to the Los Angeles Lakers I don't think I've seen a single person sports pundit whatever he wants to call us or any fans suggesting by and large anywhere other than the Los Angeles Lakers in and in you know him reuniting with LeBron James and frankly it makes a lot of sense Think about how the Phoenix Suns ended up kind of pulling off something in in a similar fashion here by going and trading for Kevin Durant at the same time, right around the same time mm-hmm. that the trade was finalized for him to, for Kyrie Irving to go to the Dallas Mavericks. Like that ended up falling they ended up falling short of that goal, but they still fortified the roster, gave Phoenix the scoring that they needed, and it's a DeAndre Ayton disappearing act. It's Chris Paul and the hamstring. Those are the main reasons why that mm-hmm. thing didn't work out. Can you imagine if you end up getting Kyrie Irving to course correct, you know, some of the some of the moves that they made, you know, with the Russell Westbrook thing, obviously that's no longer an issue there. But you get LeBron his sidekick. That's not Anthony Davis. That's not the. That doesn't have the question of the injuries, and you have a situation where you've got Austin Reeves, you've got LeBron James, you've got Kyrie Irving, you've got scoring in that lineup, and I just don't think that that would be something that the Los Angeles Lakers would want to pass up if they do have this opportunity.
2: No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't pass it up at all. And keep in mind, they also have a superstar in LeBron James, who at least outwardly and publicly has made it seem like he needs a little bit of a sweetener. To come back to the Lakers, I mean, openly hinting at retirement the way he did in his walk-off press conference at the very end. I mean, it really was the last question, the last thing that he said was a strong. I mean, forget about a hint. I mean, he he said he's contemplating retirement. So if you bring in a player in Kyrie Irving who uh, can facilitate the scoring load, who has won a title with LeBron before, who has LeBron's blessing, uh, and perhaps paired up with LeBron, he could keep Kyrie from Kyrieing. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't do that if you're the Lakers. All due respect to Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell and some of the pieces that they added at this year's trade deadline. So I think that deal gets done if the Lakers acquiesce to what LeBron wants. The thing is now, at age 38 and 20 years into his NBA career, how much bending over backwards are you willing to do for an aging asset? Because LeBron's window is closing, and it's by his own admission at the end of this season. You don't want to. You don't want to potentially crater the future of your franchise for a one-year window, two-year window. I mean, how far into his 40s is LeBron going to go? Mm -hmm.
3: Probably not far. And I think this thing could end up being two years and then that's it. But the optics are there. Kyrie Irving is sitting courtside for the last two Lakers games, watching LeBron James. Apparently all is well between those two. So to keep your superstar in LeBron James happy, to keep him with Anthony Davis, maybe putting an Austin Reeves in there, and then he putting Irving in that mix – I don't think that that's a bad way to go about no. trying to make give this one more run, and whether Kyrie likes it or not, we're going to continue to be talking about his free agency. <laughs> We've got two more months until this happens, so you, if you don't want the, the lull in conversation, you better be hoping for a seven-game series in the Eastern Conference <laughs> Finals, because that'll certainly give us something to talk about, and then hope the NBA Finals goes to seven games as well, so you can delay the inevitable here, because as always, the NBA is about storylines, and we love a good one, we love a a good one in free agency. Kyrie dominated the free agency headlines last year. So did his former teammate, Kevin Durant. I would imagine that at least one of them in Kyrie will be dominating them again this offseason. Kenny and Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app straight ahead. Does Miami need playoff Jimmy to arrive tonight to eliminate the Celtics? We get into that next, heading out to Boston for a quick update ahead of Game 5. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app
4: Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Canty and Carlin, the podcast, the NBA playoffs. Behind the back dribble, puts up a three against Vincent, and he drills it.
2: Tatum gives the Celtics their largest lead.
0: We're down 3-0. We ain't put too much pressure on ourselves. we got to try to take it one game at a time. We wasn't thinking about winning four in a row tonight. we just trying to save our season and win a night, and we did that. Continuing coverage of the NBA playoffs
1: on Canty and Carlin.
3: You can hear game five of the Eastern Conference Finals right here on ESPN Radio, 8 p.m. Eastern time, ESPN Radio, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott with you on Canty and Carlin, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's head out to the Garden where Gold on Wooday, ESPN basketball analyst, is on the call on ESPN Radio with Dave Pass and Doris Burke later tonight for game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. And, Roz, I read the stat that Gabe Vincent, the Heat are 18-5 and five with him as a playoff starter. We know he's not playing in Game 5 tonight because of the ankle injury. Where do they get that 17.5 points he's been averaging throughout this series with such a thin backcourt as is?
0: At some point, we've got to get tired of asking the question... Where are the Heat going to be able to make up these points? Because we did it with Tyler Hero. We do it with Victor Oladipo. They've had spurts. They've had to play a couple of key minutes without Kevin Love. Now they've got Gabe Vincent. It's been a next-man-up mentality for this team all season long. If there's one thing that their season of inconsistency and and riddled with injuries and players in and out of their rotation and lineup— It might have prepared them for this, that other guys have gotten minutes, that they know that they have to um, bring their best effort. And it's actually part of the Heat weight and Heat culture, this mindset and um, confidence in the next man. And um, obviously we're going to see a lot more of Kyle Lowry, who in the beginning of the season, I mean, this was his spot to have at the starting guard, starting lead guard. He had injuries. They had to manage him. And then even when he came back, uh, Gabe Vincent, kept that starting role. But Kyle is, has really, um, I feel, played his way into game form, into mentally, emotionally, the confidence level, the physical level to be out there. Uh, and he's been key and critical and played huge minutes in closing out games for this Heat team. So we're definitely going to see more Kyle. Um, and I, I don't think anybody, everybody has great confidence in him in his championship experience, his veteran experience. He might have to find ways to be assertive here, but that doesn't necessarily mean chucking the ball up. You know, Kyle can be aggressive within a game and make his presence felt, with how well he pushes the ball up the court, his vision, you know, how fast he can change the pace just with the long pass, not even with his dribble, and the, the way that he plays so well with Jimmy Butler, the two of them really believe in each other. And then I expect more of everyone else stepping up. I absolutely believe for the heat to complete this series against the celtics caleb martin's got to continue to play at that high level that he's playing at you've got to still get the big contributions and threes from duncan robinson and they've got to continue to value the basketball possessions and they need to control the pace they need to be the opportunistic ones in the front court but if they allow the celtics to run here it really won't even matter who's out there
2: so, Roz, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the Celtics side of things, and you know they get up off the deck, and that's fine. Could be too little, too late. Uh, I've talked myself into the fact that there's going to be a seventh game in this series. I think Boston wins tonight, and they're better on the road than they have been at home. And that's that's where my question is: like, what have they said about their home struggles in these playoffs, where they have a losing record at the Garden in the postseason?
0: Sorry, I was distracted. What was the last question? The last part of the question?
2: Just what what the Celtics are saying about their home struggles in the postseason where where they have a losing record.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a team that's really struggled in this series through the first three games, home, home, away. They're trying to put together an identity of defense. They're trying to bring physicality. I asked Marcus Smart, where does physicality show itself on the defensive end? These are things that you can control, efforts that you can control. So, you know, I think they feed off of that, and that also helps fuel the pace of their offense when they are getting stops. Um, So, you know, you're trying to get things going at home, let it start on the defensive end, and Marcus Smart broke it down. Like, it's physicality on the cuts, uh, making them feel you, not letting them get to their spots, boxing out every single time, putting the pressure on on them to be able to make a tough shot and make a tough play, have to um, start their offense further out from the spots they want to be at. And that kind of intentionality, he said, taking a charge, um, you know, sending that kind of message uh, alerts themselves. It's it's not only alerting the heat, but it's alerting themselves to their teammates that, yo, we're ready to play. We're bringing it. We're here. It also alerts the TD Garden. It alerts the fans that, uh, the Celtics are not gonna go out as they would say as like like some suckers here and that, and that was important <laughs> to them they didn't want to get swept and you know what's crazy is these Celtics fans have booed the Celtics multiple times within this series mm-hmm. just not being pleased with the effort that they're seeing now you can ask me later if I think a home crowd should be booing their team in the playoffs <laughs> I don't like that I don't like it it's the playoffs they need everything they can get right now yeah. but you know what, what do you think about booing I don't know
2: I think I think Boston is not shy, and they have high expectations. But but listen, it's, why you, is it going to make you want to play harder? You know what I mean. If you're Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, it's like, yo, they're booing us now. Now we got to try. Like, no, that's not that's not how that works.
3: Yeah, one way right. of putting it that the Boston fans are shy. I don't know if that's been the uh, characterization of that fan base, but certainly, Randy, if you want to call them that, I think no, aren't shy, Aren't did. shy. <laughs> We will take it with that. Roz Goldenwood, a ESPN basketball analyst, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. We know that the Celtics found, found their magic from three the other night, 18 of 45 against the Heat defense. Do you think that they have that much success from deep again, Roz?
0: They've got to. I think the three-point ball is really important for them. And it's not just that they made threes. Uh, At shoot-around today, Al Horford pointed out it was the types of threes that they made. It was the ball was popping around. It was up-tempo, high pace in transition. And a lot of those opportunities came because the the heat got casual they allowed these momentum-building moments for the Celtics with their carelessness, with their turnovers in the second half that ended up allowing the Celtics to be off to the races and look absolutely different. Like, that second half of Game 4, I was watching the Celtics. Like, I mean, we were people were writing obituaries for the Celtics. People were packing up, thinking they were going to get a week and a half before the finals. And, and that second half, it reminded me very quickly... The Celtics are nothing to be played with. Mm -hmm. Boy, did they look elite. They looked explosive, fast, machine-like. It was like, wow, and I... I it was an eye-opener, and, and, and not necessarily for the Heat, because I will say this. Duncan Robinson told me before Game 4 that they knew and understand that the Celtics are an explosive team. That's why they wanted to get it done in 4 at home, and mostly they wanted to close it out because they have respect for their opponent and knowing what they're capable of and um, you know understanding it might be a mistake to allow them to get life, and that's what Marcus Mar- Marcus Mars said, don't let us get one.
3: <laughs> well, they got one. They're looking for another in this series. Game 5 coming your way in just under two and a half hours. Roz will be on the call with Dave Pass and Doris Burke on ESPN Radio. Game 5, always exciting time in the NBA playoffs. We'll see if Boston's able to keep this thing alive for another day. Roz, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Roz. That's Roz Gold on Wood at ESPN Basketball ball analyst joining Courtney Cronin and Randy Scott right here on Canty and Carlin. Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. Straight ahead, a big day on the diamond for a certain slugger. We're going to tell you who that is coming up next here on ESPN Radio.
1: This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Time to earn some cash.
0: The taste of money. The smell of wealth.
1: Canty and Carlin's best play of the night.
0: The taste of money.
2: All right. We're going to win some money. We're finally going to cash on one of these here, Courtney Cronin. Finally. parlays. I get it. It's a sucker's bet. It's what all the casinos have been built on. I understand it. I'm not here for your negativity, okay? I thrive on enthusiasm. I'm a bit of an idea man. And the idea here is to win some money. So here's the parlay. It's going to pay off at plus 2100 You like that? I do. You like that? You bet $10, win $220. That's what we're trying to do for the people. We're, all, we're going to all overs except for Miami to cover the 8.5. That's okay. the number still. All right, I think it's a much closer game if Boston wins, and it is an if. Courtney, you think Miami's going to win I outright. Do. I, think I think it's think a closer. that they're going
3: to end things tonight in game five. So
2: let's take Miami plus the 8.5. Let's go Grant Williams to have one turnover. One. I think he's good for that, right? I think he gets off the bus turning the basketball over. Grant Williams, one turnover. Al Horford, you going to give me more than seven and a half points? I think you are. I think you might make a couple of threes and have a putback. That gets us to eight. That cashes. Robert Williams, are you going to have six rebounds? Just should. Six, just six for the time, Lord. I don't think he's going to be in the starting lineup, but I still think he gets six boards. And then Jimmy Butler, are you going to have combined blocks and steals? Are you going to have three or more. You can have over two and a half. I think you are. I think Jimmy Butler's got sticky fingers. Blocks and steals. I think he gets to three. If all that happens, and I know it's if, but if all that happens, we're betting 10 bucks. We're walking away with 220.
3: All right. Book there it. you have it. Your play of the night on Canty and Carlin is always presented by Progressive Insurance. Two hours until tip-off. You can hear that game right here on ESPN Radio starting 8 p.m. Eastern time. But before we get out of here... It is time now to go three and out.
1: Sometimes it's the worst. Worst. Sometimes it's the best. Bad best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... three, three. Three and out.
3: So we know that Gabe Vincent is not playing in game five. He has an ankle injury. If you watch the video, probably pretty squeamish when you see that thing tweak near the baseline, but we might see him again at some point. That would be... Exciting for many people who love Gabe Vincent. There is one resident person here (laughs) on ESPN Radio who loves him more than anybody else. And I'm going to bring Shannon Penn, Mm -hmm. our producer, in to explain a little bit more of the Gabe Vincent love that has been ongoing now for
4: more than a year. A special shout out to one Amber Wilson who's been on this Gabe Vincent train before anyone knew who he was. So last year we had Amber hosting with Matt Jones and Chris Carlin joined the show. This was back literally... A year ago, in May of 2022, for the Eastern Conference Finals. And here was an interaction that Amber, Matt, and uh, Carlin had discussing one, Gabe Vincent.
3: You're going to learn who Gabe Vincent even is tonight. I mean, they're so Gabe deep, Vincent? Matt. They're Vincent so has
1: been
4: cold.
5: deep. They're so wow. deep. D- Amber, Chris, guess, we're, we're to Amber. Gabe Vincent now. Who, so Gabe deep. Vincent so Y'all could don't walk even understand. Chris, Gabe Vincent could walk down the street with a shirt that says, I'm Gabe Vincent, and people still wouldn't know who he is. My go favorite go Gabe Vincent memory was four minutes ago when I found out who he was.
3: <laughs> ha, who's getting the last laugh tonight? Matt Jones and Chris Carlin. Amber Wilson's been known for a minute, and now we all know Gabe Vincent has been dynamic throughout this entire postseason from three and all the other contributions that he's made. They're missing his 17 and a half points that he averages per game in this series. We'll see how they decide they want to make that up. Feels like a Kyle Lowry sort of experiment. Yes, No.
2: Yeah. I think Lowry's going to get some starters minutes for sure. Uh, You know, Lowry wouldn't elicit that reaction from Chris, you know, so I think we have to thank Gabe Vincent not only for his production, but also for giving us that drop, giving us that sounder, you know? We love
3: content here on Canty and Carlin, and that certainly was a moment of content that lives in infamy because we brought it up a year later. But Gabe Vincent will not be playing tonight as the Miami Heat look to close out the Boston Celtics in Game 5. I teased this before we came into 3-and-out, There was a big moment today that took place on the diamond. It's not what you think, though. Not Major League Baseball. Got the Baseball Tonight music playing right now. Mm -hmm. Nice little tease. Eric, one of our producers in the control room in Bristol, hit two home runs today. During a softball doubleheader, the team's name, this is a little inside baseball for you, the Hard Outs, which in radio and television means if you are not out at this exact moment in second, it'll bleed right into commercial and all will be lost. So, did the Hard Outs win, Eric, is my question.
2: Well, as you referenced there, we did have a doubleheader today, and unfortunately we split it. Won the first game by 12 runs. And that second game we lost by one run. Okay, so. so
3: where were you where were you hitting these dingers? Was it in the first game?
2: I hit one in each game actually. And dating back to Monday's okay. Monday's game, I have a 3 3 game home run streak. Okay. You know oh. so. You know we're in a groove. We're in a groove right now. Keep that humble brag just yeah, but now. who's counting?
3: We should have done play at the night with the everybody's
2: outs. counting? How's
3: bragging? Like I want to I want to know what's going on for like the next when is the next game?
2: Uh not until Tuesday because Monday's Memorial Day so no Monday night league but Tuesday, another doubleheader for the hardouts. All
3: okay. right. we got to hope that Eric's able to bring it again. I mean, that's really impressive that you weren't just, like, wasting all your energy in the first game. You conserved some of that to go two for two today <laughs> from deep.
4: And then, he, well and then he came in and ran the board for four hours today. So look at that.
3: I don't know if I could ever do a 10 a.m. softball league on a weekday, but that's just me. Might need a nice bath after this. A, yeah.
2: <laughs> Load okay. up the bath with the mice and... <laughs> Enjoy game five. Put some Epsom salts. That
3: is that is your pregame for <laughs> game five. The pregame you're going to get here for you game five is Joe and Amber. They are coming up next, followed by Celtics and Heat. Game five, right here on ESPN Radio.
1: Don't shower, just cologne it. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.